Hey folks, I am Ryan Goodman and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Agriculture Proud Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, coming at you from Helena, Montana. On this podcast, I cover a little bit of everything in agriculture and hear the stories behind a few of the people who are involved in farming and ranching from all different parts of the country. I want you to be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and I'd love if you'd give it a review. You can follow me on social media as AgProudRyan and on Facebook as AgricultureProud. And as always, you can find all the episodes and show notes at agricultureproud.com slash podcast. And while you're there, go ahead and hit subscribe so you can get my weekly email and you'll never miss a blog post or a new podcast episode. Well, this week on the podcast, we're headed back to Canada. If you recall, on episode 12, we talked to Ryan Scorgi, an attorney and young rancher there in British Columbia, about succession planning and some of the tips that we as a younger generation can kind of keep in mind as we get into these talks and, and make those conversations and that process a little bit easier. And we talked a little bit about he's paying attention to uh, some com- consumer concerns and trying to be a little bit innovative on, on his operation. Well, this week, we're talking to Kevin Boone of the British Columbia Cattlemen's Association. I was there for their annual general meeting a couple weeks ago in Penticton, and uh, it's a great opportunity to be able to travel north of the border and to work with some ranchers up there and be able to hear about some of the issues that they're dealing with. I know here in the United States, we can kind of be uh, self-centric and just look at the issues that we're dealing with and not always look at even our neighbors to the north and some of the things that they're dealing with. And and I've had the opportunity both to go to the BC Cattlemen's uh, Annual General Meeting and the just last week, I was at the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Meeting in Regina, Saskatchewan, and to be able to uh, to meet some ranchers up there and hear about some of the things that they're dealing with. And I tell you what, I go to their policy meetings, and if I close my eyes and if there wasn't a uh, wasn't an accent uh, from from our northern neighbors, I tell you what, I I think I was a meeting here in the United States. We're dealing with a lot of the same issues. We're dealing with wildlife. We're dealing with property rights and water. Uh, neighbors that may not always be acquainted with our way of life and consumer concerns. Um, regarding a number of production issues. And so uh, it's it's great to be able to hear some of these stories and know that we're not alone in working some of these deals. So today I talked to Kevin Boone. He's with the British Columbia Cattlemen's Association. And we talked about some of those policy issues that they were discussing at the British Columbia Cattlemen's Association annual general meeting there in Penticton. But we also talked about, you know, what's the temperature of of, of cattle ranching there in BC? Um, what are some issues that ranchers are dealing with? And uh, how are they involving some of their younger members in the leadership of the organization, making sure that that younger voice is heard? I think that's really encouraging because actually I was there to talk about uh, my experience in helping with some young rancher leadership programs and and some things to think about in that succession planning process. So it's great to hear that the organization um, is, is working to include their younger members a little bit more. And I think you'll you'll enjoy that. And uh, so I hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, it was a great opportunity to catch up with Kevin and the BC Cattlemen's Association. And uh, I hope that you uh, gain some things uh, from it. And as you listen to the podcast, uh, be sure to send me any thoughts that you may have. You can connect with me on social media as AgProudRyan or the BC Cattlemen's on Twitter as BC Cattle. And now I hope you enjoy episode 13 of the Agriculture Proud podcast with Kevin Boone from the BC Cattlemen's Association in Penticton, British Columbia. All right, Ryan Goodman here again at the BC Cattlemen's uh, Annual General Meeting, and I'm here with uh, Kevin Boone. He's the general uh, 
manager of the BC Cattlemen's. Uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast today, Kevin. Glad to be here. All right, to start off a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your role in the industry and how, how you got here. Sure. So I am general manager of uh, BC Cattlemen's. I've been here for uh, since 2009. I took on the job. Previous to that, I ranched in Alberta. Uh, I was a third-generation rancher from my grandfather's homestead by Drumheller, Alberta. Uh, and we, uh, through different uh, reasons, BSC, a lot of other aspects, uh, droughts and everything, uh, we decided that uh, we would uh, disperse of the ranch in, in 2002, um, another property in northern Alberta, uh, and were there until 2009. Uh, our family, our children decided they didn't want to carry on. We had an opportunity to come here, and so I came to BC to stay within the industry and utilize the practical knowledge that I'd gained throughout the years of ranching and being on the other side of the table as the director of the Canadian Cattlemen's and the Alberta Beef Producers and uh, put it to work here in BC for the ranchers in BC. There, uh, there you go. It's always good to have, have different perspectives um, from within the industry, help to, to broaden that a little bit to be able to grasp some of these larger concepts. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, this annual general meeting and, what, and what's happening here this week in Penske. Yeah, so we have to, we have our annual meeting pretty much this time of year, uh, every year, the end of May. Uh, we try and uh, facilitate it for our ranchers. Uh, BC is a very complex little province in the uh, atmospheres and in the topography, and we have a lot of variants from north to south. And we're right now, some of our guys are done hanging here in the south, and in the north, uh, they're just starting to seed. And so we, we have a lot of different climate changes. So we try and adapt it so we can get as many people here. We represent, uh, have a, a membership of uh, between 1,150 and 1,200, it uh, varies year to year, which represents about 75% of the cattle in British Columbia. And we come together once a year, as uh, many of the organizations do, and we uh, set policy, we decide policy and the direction for the organization to take on behalf of the members each year. This year we're here in Penticton, it's in the south uh, part of British Columbia. Uh, beautiful weather and it's even been better because it's had some rain in here so the guys don't mind sitting inside and looking out and seeing the rain because they know they can't be at home uh, necessarily doing anything and it's a better way than moving irrigation pipes at this time of year. Uh, a lot of the issues that have certainly uh, we're having to handle and we're dealing with this year are water. Uh, we're in the process of a new Water Sustainability Act and with that, uh, we have to determine how's the licensing process and all of the aspects of it uh, that are there because water has certainly become one of the biggest focuses uh, for moving forward and for climate adaptation and uh, issues around that. So uh, we know that we need the basics, uh, water feed and uh, shelter for our cattle and if we haven't got one of those we're not going to be in business so we have to protect it, enhance it and there's a huge amount of what we do that has a huge benefit to society. Uh, in the mountainous regions that we have where most of our runoff and water hits a, a, wa a river that will go down through the lower mainland on its way to the ocean, uh, there's, there's things like the uh, fish environmental flow that we have to be very cognizant of. Uh, there's the flood mitigation for the lower mainland. So what we do with our water storage and how we uh, handle that has a huge effect on the rest of society. So we have a responsibility there while we're looking after our cattle as well. And the big thing is making people understand that. So that is part of what the issue is here in doing things like cost-benefit analysis on our water storage and how that benefits. 
So water has been a huge issue. We also are dealing with uh, some, some major wildlife issues within uh, our industry where we share that land with, uh, with, with the wildlife and so it has to be managed and we are, uh, as people on the land, we have to be responsible for doing some of that. Predators, the wolves especially, are a huge issue for us out here. We feel we lose in some areas 10 to 20 percent of our calf crop on given years if it's not managed. So we have to get that back under control. And it becomes part of a whole wildlife management scenario. And we look at wildlife as the Crown's livestock and the government's livestock, and they need to manage under the same uh, kind of ground basis that we do. And we're getting good buy-in from government on that, and we've seen some good moves towards that. So we're partnering with stakeholders moving forward. And of course, one of the big things in here in British Columbia that's moving forward that is really um, come to the attention here or, or really progressed in the last couple of years, and that's uh, First Nations. Uh, and a couple years ago, we had a Supreme Court ruling that uh, created a new type of land in Canada, a new title uh, where it was First Nations title land. And that changed the scope of things. So there's a lot of treaty work being gone on right now. And a lot of that involves Crown land that we may have a license on for grazing tenure. And so we are very much involved. So it's um, really become a matter of the last couple of years and more of a focus moving forward in the direction that we're getting to create the, the neighbor to neighbor talks with uh, First Nations and be involved and it's not about um, pitting us against them because that's that's not where we want to go. We want to how do we work with and how do we protect the rights of the guys that have been there but how do we do it in a manner that we can help them move forward as well. So there's a lot of complex issues and uh, I'd, I'd like to say it was just about turning cows out on grass and getting the, the calves fat and, and, and feeding the world, but it, it's, it's not that anymore. It's just a very complex, and these organizations like the BC Cattlemen's are integral to making that happen, to make sure that the rancher and the feedlot operator and everyone in the chain has the ability to make a living doing it. Yeah, and, and issues like, like water and wildlife and, and land, land management and ability to use that land uh, all very important issues for ranchers to be able to to do business and to support their livelihood. Um, but you also, you know, kind of mentioned it, it's social uh, interaction and, and interest in some of these issues as well. Um, so part of that, I would imagine, is, is reaching out to listening to consumer concerns and, and responding and communicating that. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's um, the, the whole social media and social license. Uh, I guess those are the catchwords, the key words of the day. And you know, as as there's a thirst for knowledge. And you know, it used to be uh, that that knowledge came from a teacher, came from uh, learning it from your father, your grandfather. And there was a lot of the urban uh, people that were only one or two generations removed from a farm. Now they're quite a bit farther and their knowledge comes off what they get off Twitter or what they get off Facebook or what is on the internet. And as much as people want to think that everything that's on that social media and on the internet is true, it's an opinion-based um, forum in a lot of, on a lot of bases and people don't necessarily see that so they see something out there and they take it as fact without really truly understanding what the basis it might only be based on partial fact. So we have now had to get to, and because it travels so fast, it's become a major 
part of our doing business is either being in front of it, how do you get in front and anticipate what the questions or what the next crisis of the day uh, is going to be and, and be in front for that, or how do you manage that when when it becomes an issue and you know it's uh, the most recent one here in British Columbia is what we call the Earl's uh, scenario where uh, uh, the, the restaurant chain decided that, that uh, they were going to go for humanely raised and uh, they wanted a certification on it and uh, you know it, it's not that that is necessarily a bad thing to ask for something like that the problem is, is when you start certifying something, it doesn't mean it's better, it doesn't mean the other guys aren't doing it, it's just somebody got a stamp saying they did do it. And it makes it so that it looks like everybody else is doing it wrong, and that's not the case. And so we have to make them um, the, the understanding of what we are doing out there, and that it doesn't take a stamp or a certification to mean that you are doing it right, and maybe you're doing it better. It's just, uh, why are we doing it? And, you know, our industry is known we do things uh, the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, it, we uh, do it because it, 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 in the ranching industry, we don't necessarily do it to ri get rich because, well, a lot of people may think we are, we're not. And most of the people are in it because they care for the cattle, they care for the animals, they actually love animals. And just because they end up on uh, part of our food chain uh, doesn't mean that they weren't given the care and attention because we wanted to see those cattle have a good, healthy life. And when we do that, it puts more dollars in our pockets too. So it's a, it's a combination. And so we have to get that message out and it just makes it that much harder uh, to do our job. And so part of the thing for an organization like us is to be able to take that responsibility off the rancher so he can concentrate on doing, raising and marketing those cattle and doing management of the land. And I mean, that's another big part of what we do is the stewards of that land. The reason that the people can drive up and down the highway and look at those mountains and see the trees and the clean water and the nice green grass is because there was a rancher or a farmer out there that was doing the right thing and looking after that land so that Yes, their cattle got healthy and stayed healthy and got to eat, but everybody else got to enjoy it too, and that it's protecting it for the future generations. So it's not just about today, it's about tomorrow and it's about yesterday. Yeah, and you mentioned future generations. That's uh, been, a, been a bit of a theme here too at this meeting, um, is, is looking at what's succession planning or what's coming up next. Um, and so uh, how, are you, how are you trying to involve some younger producers in some of these things? You know, it, it's interesting. We've uh, certainly been part of the Canadian uh, Cattlemen's Association uh, Youth Mentorship and the Young Cattlemen's Council. But uh, at our board meeting of our board on uh, a couple of days ago on Thursday, uh, we sat down and we'd had a application by the Young Cattlemen's uh, Council to increase funding to them so that they could... Uh, carry on and, and develop some of their things and our board saw enough value in that program to number one grant that money but they also said well what can we do to try and help the membership here in BC and help it grow in BC uh, so we have decided that we're going to uh, create a committee a youth committee we have seven zones within British Columbia uh, we're going to create a committee where we have one representative from each zone. We will task them with something to do each time as a 
project probably like this is very much in its infancy as it was just three days ago developed and we've uh, we're going to create a seat on our board for them to sit ex officio they won't necessarily have a vote but we want their input because if we are doing what we're supposed to do and if we are building for the future generations we need to have them at the table and we need to have their input so that we know what it is we're putting and growing for uh, so I, I think that what I saw in this development uh, was a real interest by our group to what can we do to facilitate, to create leaders and build on that leadership for tomorrow. That's, yeah, it's pretty important and exciting to see um, the organization moving forward to help make sure that the younger producers, uh, their voices are heard and they're included um, and investing in the future it, of the it industry. It definitely yeah. is. Uh, you know, it, it's always been the future is in our youth and, uh, you know, uh, as we get older, um, and, and I hate to think of myself as older, I just think that people are getting younger behind me. Uh, but, you know, it, if, if we haven't got that vision uh, to look to their vision and listen to what their vision is, and then explain to them why and what our past experiences and why it hasn't worked, they haven't got the ability to adjust and to say, okay, I've got this problem or I've got this issue, but gee, dad and grandpa had the same issue and they handled it this way. How can I, with technology, with innovation, with the changes, adapt to that and make it so it's more efficient, better, and so that I can do this and do the job of producing food, because that's what we are. At the end of the day, we can talk about cattle production, we can talk about living and, and on that range, but in, at the end of the day, it's how do we produce enough food for our people, our populations here at home and globally. And it's, it's a huge responsibility, and I don't think that enough credit is given to the, the actual food producers in the world as to what they do do in society. If we go back to the basics, and we go back how many thousands of years to when mankind first started and, and, and was growing to the top of the food chain, they had one job, and that was to eat uh, and to stay warm. And, you know, so we got to kind of come back to the basics a little bit and look at that. And the basics is, is we're trying to produce the best quality food for as many people as we possibly can. It, yeah, it's, and that's, uh, that, that's a great outlook. That's a great, great way to kind of look at things. Um, so we talked a lot about some heavier policy issues and some things that are going on here. Um, just just kind of as, as we've got a lot of ranchers here in town um, talking about a lot of different things and a lot of a lot of things outside the meetings being talked about. What's uh, what's what have you kind of gauged on the temperature of, of BC cattlemen and, and producers and things that are going out in the field as we transition here through spring and into summer? Yeah, so there's you know there's a lot of optimism uh, and there's a lot of pessimism on different ends of things. And so of course as we saw the markets rise over the last couple of years and we had that optimism and we were able to reinvest. And uh, but then now the last couple of years with the El Nino and and everything else that's in there and the drier weather. We've seen guys, they want to reinvest, we want to regrow, we're at our lowest number of uh, cattle that we've been in in decades. And our typical, uh, we're probably down 15 to 20% of what our average would be. We've got guys that have built back some of that equity that they had to put uh, out during the BSC years that are poised to reinvest, they want to regrow. We got some young people, we're, we probably saw more young people at this meeting this year than we've seen in a long time, and that is extremely important to see that, 
that willingness and there's people want to get back into the business they want to carry on that business that's encouraging so I would say you know really the the thing outlook out there is looking out that window seeing how much rain's there can we should we breed a few more heifers this year should we try and build a herd are we in that place but yet because last year was a little dry we got through we squeaked through we didn't have to sell off a bunch of our cows there's that caution okay if we got one more year where it might be dry uh, are we going to have to pay $200 a ton for hay again this year or are we going to get back to that average of 130 and those are all decisions and so you know that's the the interesting part about this industry is we don't have to go to Vegas we can gamble real well here and it's a matter of reading the cards uh, to see where do I place my bets this year? Am I going to have enough hay? So can I can I put another 20% or 10% cows uh, out there? I think that uh, we've got maybe uh, this year that we're going to have to get through in that aspect where uh, we'll see some growth, but not the huge growth. But I would say within the next couple of years, if the market can stabilize and we can stay in maybe a little higher than what we're at right now, um, we'll see that growth on the cow-calf side. The big variable out there is the feedlot industry, and we're seeing some huge losses there right now. And so uh, that's one of the unique things, I guess, about the way our, our chain works is one uh, portion of it can be doing really good and the other portion is hurting, and so it's that little cycle that gets going where, okay, if the feedlots aren't doing good today, we're probably going to pay for that tomorrow. Uh, because they haven't got that money to reinvest and so how do we smooth that out and get it very seldom are we all making money on the chain on the thing and so how do we level that out a little bit but uh, I see some optimism and I see some opportunity for growth and I think that we will see it here uh, in BC and I think with some of the trade deals that are going on around the world the CETA agreement the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership uh, there's another aspect where people are optimistic it's going to help, but they're sitting back, okay, we know how these trade deals work, we know how government work, they've signed the deal, but what's in the fine print? Uh, is it going to work? And how long is it going to take to get it inked? Uh, they, may have, they may have the agreement, but it might take 10 years to f figure out the details. And so what can we do to get prepared for that? And do we want to get prepared for that? Can we take advantage of it? And uh, at the end of the day, where is the benefit to us, not only as on an individual basis, but as British Columbians and as Canadians, because that's what we have to think about. Yep, so de definitely, uh, definitely a lot of different things at play and a lot of different things coming together and, and a little bit of caution uh, heading out there, but definitely um, things, things could be drier, things could be worse, right? So, exactly, yeah. All right. It's, uh, it's a changing world. And it's, we're changing right along with it, but you know, I think the, the important thing about uh, ranching, and, and ranching is the big part of British Columbia. We don't have a huge feeding industry because uh, we, don't, uh, we basically farm the valleys and graze the mountains, and so we have to use the valleys to produce. So we don't have the opportunity to grow a lot of grain and, and, and have a huge feedlot industry, but we have an ability to expand it in certain areas. But at the end of the day, um, you know, that, that whole deal is how do we work together and how do we make that best use of that resource and when, when we think about the cattle industry and we think about British Columbia, um, we're suited for livestock production and we aren't going to have the competition that the prairies have to the east of us where that patch of ground might be able to grow canola or wheat or barley. We can grow grass and we can do it well. 
and we can graze it well. And we've got a pretty efficient little harvester out there. We turn him out in the spring and he eats his way up the mountain and he comes back in the fall and he turned that grass into, you know, five or six hundred pounds of protein. And we didn't burn a lot of carbon fuel doing it. Uh, we created a little methane, but so with that grass rotten on the ground. We uh, cleaned up some of the fire hazard that's out there, and that's a huge one on these dry years in here. So it's, it's how do we work with the elements and the environment and do it, and I think we're doing a good job. I'm looking forward to doing it more. There you go. Well, I certainly appreciate it, and a good, good update there, Kevin. I appreciate and uh, definitely enjoy the BC Cattlemen's Meeting here uh, this weekend and, and look forward to, uh, to a good 2016 heading out the rest of the year. Well, we appreciate you being here, and uh, we look forward to having you back, and uh, we'd welcome anybody anytime, and if it's not at the AGM, give us a call, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure you get the tour of where you need to go. All right. Well, thank you, and, and thank you for joining me today. You betcha. Thanks, right. Ryan. Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kevin Boone of the British Columbia Cattlemen's Association. It was definitely an honor and a privilege to be able to attend their general meeting a few weeks ago and to be able to speak with the many cattlemen and cattlewomen in attendance. I tell you what, there's always lots of great wisdom um, from the veterans there at the in attendance and be able to hear some of their stories and wisdom that they have to pass along. And I uh, look forward to, to many great meetings. And uh during this next season and as we go on and i definitely appreciate that portion of my job that lets me visit with some of the great folks across the u.s and canada and i'll be sure to include links to the bc cattlemen's contact information as we discussed in this episode in today's show notes found at agricultureproud.com podcast just look for episode 13 and that's all that I have for this week. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday for a new episode of the podcast. And as always, you can connect with me on social media as AgProudRyan and on Facebook as AgricultureProud. Until next time, this is Ryan Goodman with the Agriculture Proud podcast.